Hey, this is Marina, and you're listening to Sober Baby, a show about how the one thing I have to change is everything. Every Friday, I invite you to hang out with me and my guests on Instagram Live as we talk about addiction, sobriety, and everything in between. This is Sober Baby episode 14 with Kareen and Kiara. Happy Pride Babies. This week we talk about queerness, relationships, and the importance of boundaries. Hi everyone, welcome to Sober Baby episode 14. I am not going to be sitting here the whole time and I'm going to be surrounded by two lovely friends in about five minutes, but hi. Who wants to take a breath with me? Because I'm feeling like overwhelmed and anxious. Maybe I just need to like take a breath for a sec. <sighs> yeah. I could probably do 20 more of those, but we don't have time. Okay. I'm Marina. Hi everyone. Happy Pride. You get to see my ring light and my glasses. So y'all really know what technology's keeping this show afloat. <sighs> I am definitely an alcoholic and an addict, and I am here as a sober human to just like try to learn from people. Um, I've been really, really overwhelmed by the amount of feedback I've gotten about the show recently. And I just want to say I have immense gratitude for everyone who watches this and everyone who reaches out and tells me how it impacts their life. It's, I'm just like so, so, so humbled and so grateful um, that people are even joining me on a Saturday. So another thing I'm grateful for is that y'all are here. Thanks for being flexible about the date change. Um, These guests are very important and we needed to have this episode. So I have three announcements, and then I'm gonna talk about the show assumptions, and then we are gonna bring on these guests. The first announcement is, um, if you were listening last week, you'll know this already, so just tune out. We have an audio engineer for the show now, which I'm literally freaking out about. Her name is Jenny, and she's an amazing artist, and just like all over around, amazing human. Um, And she is going to be splicing all the audio from all of the existing episodes so that we can upload them to Spotify so that you can listen to them like when you're cooking or on the go or you can like sneak an episode into like one of your parents and be like listen to this show like it's actually pretty cool so those are going to be on Spotify probably by July so big welcome to Jenny I'll formally introduce Jenny in a few episodes um the second announcement is Uh, just a big thank you for people who have donated to um, get the audio equipment. We are in the process of doing research and and like purchasing the right microphones so that we can make the show more accessible and um, just like more easy to hear and view. The last announcement is I have a favor to ask. That favor is if you are a a musician, if you know musicians, I am looking for someone to maybe write some music for the show. I don't want to have like another episode taken down because of copyright issues. So if you know anyone who'd be interested in like not making a jingle, but you know, like making like a little bitty bop at the beginning of the show that I could play, just shoot me a message. Um, I'd love to feature your music. I'd love to have a new song every month. You know, like I, this is just as much about wanting to share and kind of like, amplify what everyone else is doing as it is about amplifying the show. So, um, yeah, call for music. I'll probably make a post about it this week. 
those are the announcements. I can hear you guys giggling in the other room. I'm so excited. Okay, let me get this out of the way so I can just like bring them on. So the reason that I started this show is because I uh, heard one too many times that I can't be sober because I don't look like an alcoholic, you know, or like I can't possibly have struggled with addiction because I look like this. And there's a lot of privilege, right, in that statement. There's a lot of privilege in, in you know, how I look um, because I'm white and because I'm straight passing and all of that jazz, right? There's that part of it. But there's also this assumption that, like, alcoholics only look and sound and are a certain way. And that's not the case for alcoholics or addicts or anyone struggling with mental health or anyone trying to be a human. And that's genuinely, like why I'm here and why I've started this show is because I'm just trying to learn how to be a better human. And many of you know how to do that far better than I uh, do. So that's why I bring you onto this show. The first assumption of this show is that addicts aren't bad. I thought that I was really just a bad person for a while, um, that I was kind of like beyond, not saving, but beyond like caring about, you know? Like I, not only was I not enough, but I, I certainly wasn't like um, redeemable because I couldn't stop drinking and I couldn't stop doing drugs. So if you are struggling with addiction, if you know someone who is, please treat them with empathy and compassion. If you are an addict and you're struggling, like you're not bad, just know that. And the language that we use on this show will not affirm a reality in which addicts are bad. I certainly don't think I'm bad anymore and that's been liberating. The second assumption about the show is that addicts and alcoholics uh, don't look like anything. That being said, people's identities as they intersect do shape the way that they move through the world and what they have access to. So um, while there are certain like caricatures and stereotypes about what addicts look like and we don't wanna affirm those stigmatizing images, um, we need to take into account the way that uh, that people identify and the various kind of like systems of oppression and privilege that um, inhibit or grant access to the way that they move through the world. The last assumption is that addictions and sobrieties all look different. I don't do anything, right? Like I don't drink, I don't do anything anymore, but that's just me. That's what I need. Like that's what Marina's environment needs. And I'm never gonna push that on anyone else, nor do I expect people who come onto the show to have a sobriety or a story that's exactly like mine. Every single person is different and every single person has a story that's different. So yeah, you'll hear people on the show who smoke weed, who still drink, who are just sober from like one thing or who are just like a partner or a family member or a sibling or a lover to someone who is an addict and they have a story too. So all these stories are valid. Um, and also I didn't copy the Venmo, but I do want to just name that for the two folks who are coming onto the show today, um, I have their Venmos and I'm gonna put them into the comment section, but Without further ado, I'm gonna get their song queued up because I'm really excited as I've been talking this whole time about how I'm excited about it. So, wow. <sighs> Episode 14, okay, it's gonna be a celebration. Let me get this song going. Please, please, please join me. Why is this so quiet now, hold on. Please join me in welcoming Karina and Kiara to Sore Baby, episode 14. Here they are. Okay. Join us. <laughs> All right, now. Hi. Hi. fade out. Hi. Wow, you're here. We can look at everyone out here or we can look at each other. Mm -hmm. You both look amazing. Thank you for being here. That's all you. I'm Thank like really, you. really grateful that you're here. Oh my god. Seriously. Thank you, Marina. Mm, I have some presents for my two guests who... Oh my goodness. Here for you and for you. 
Oh little paintings God. and a sober baby sticker. Oh, dang. That you can just like, you know, put on a water bottle. I don't know if people know you, so could you just like <laughs> maybe introduce yourselves with like your name and your pronouns and like, oh. yeah, maybe we could start there. Oh, okay, <laughs> you look at me, so I guess I'm going first. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Kiara. I use she, her pronouns, whatever you want to call me. I don't care. Um, and I guess. I don't know what to say, Marina. Like that's, okay. that's perfect. No, nope. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, I, my name is Kareen. Um, I go by she/her pronouns, and I'm really happy to be here. I'm a huge fan of Sober Baby. I am so happy you're both here. I'm so happy, and I got you drinks. So here you go. Oh yes, you're treating us so good. I know. <laughs> did you try this? No. I did. Do you like it better? I mean, I like both. No, Marina had that one. I have this other. The, the you computer. sure? Yeah. But like, don't you know? If you want this and you're secretly like, I want this, take it. Okay. Yeah, do it. Amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're drinking Yo. kombucha. We're drinking probiotic drinks today. Oh wow. This is not it. <laughs> Yo, <you know>, <laughs> it's not giving what it needs to give. It's really not. Yeah, it's actually. Oh my gosh. You got it? I don't think I have to So we're just going to do this for the next hour. <laughs> yeah, I was going to be like... <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I also feel like maybe I need a booster seat. I might get a pillow with no shame on that one. Aww. It's okay. I'm yeah. a little shorty. I feel like you have big energy, though, Marina. Yeah, when people meet me, they're like, I thought you were, like, 5'9". Definitely. Like, it's yeah. hard to adjust to, oh, but yeah. virtually it's, 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 it's that. Okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Do you think I was short? Yeah, so we met all virtually. Yeah. Which is insane. I met you guys last year. Yeah. 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 I remember the first time I saw Marina in person, I was like, damn, they're finally in person. I was like, this keep getting better than okay. that. I was like, you know, like, Marina's like, hi. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, oh my God. I'm already sweating. The feeling is so mutual. Um, in case you can't tell, these are two humans that I love like so fucking much that I actually can't believe you're on the show right now. Oh, I really can't. Um, Kareen and Kiara are two people that I've learned a lot from that I have had like the immense privilege of learning from in organizing spaces and um, and I also don't know either of their stories. They're obviously like separate humans. This is the second episode we've had with three people. Wow. So it's still kind of new. My sister and Danny were the other three person episode. So I'm still like figuring out how to how to kind of facilitate that. But um, to do that, we have questions that y'all have submitted. We have questions that kind of are general questions that like I ask kind of throughout the episodes. And then if any of you have questions in the bottom, there is a comment box that y'all can type questions into. Nothing is off limits. We are here to learn from each other and hold space. That's like healing. Um, and these are just questions that, you know, that have, have kind of rung true throughout all the episodes. They're not the only questions and the only answers that we have. We have 45 minutes, you know what I mean? So I figure we could start it off with the first question, which I don't have on our colorful deck, but these are, these are what we're doing. And also just want to say happy pride. Happy, happy pride! pride! It's You're wearing your pride right. shirt. Yes, you know, Ooh. voila, I'm here, bitch. So. <laughs> okay. Literally, <laughs> that's like, I'm here. In case you didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that this show uh, just like constantly is like bringing on queer people because I'm just like, that's what we need to be doing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, so in the spirit of pride, I'm just kind of wondering if you could each share um, just like how you're coming into this space, whatever that means. I'm, I, we don't have enough time really to kind of dive into what your life stories are, but if you could just... 
maybe share with people who aren't, who don't know you. And for me, you know, cause I want to know more, um, how you're coming to this space, whatever that means for you. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'll go this time because yeah. you went first the last time. Yeah. I'll give you some time to think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, for myself again, I'm Korean. This is Kiara, because I feel like our names are really similar. Yeah, 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 the K. <laughs> the K, mm. but yeah, um, myself, I'm first generation American, so um, my parents came from Haiti and the DR, Dominican Republic, so I don't know, I feel like that very much influenced my worldview, especially because the first languages I learned were Spanish and Creole, um, like I grew up like predominantly like with my family in kind of a cultural bubble, so a lot of the things that I knew about my childhood, even though I lived in the United States, were kind of guided by the fact that I come from an immigrant home. Uh, I'm also the oldest of five kids, so mm. I don't know, eldest daughter of an immigrant home, that shit's ghetto. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you, it's like not cute sometimes, but at the same time, there's something really fulfilling about like knowing that even though I don't think I want to have kids, like my siblings in many ways are my children. I like, I love them, I care for mm. them, I want to see them grow, foster, but I think that's like a big part of my life and that I'm an actress. So like art in pretty much any sort of element, I'm very drawn to. I appreciate it a lot and I seek it out a lot. So yeah. Oh man, okay, a follow up. Um, yes, Kiara, once again, if y'all don't remember, um, I almost share a similar story, um, but my father came from Haiti, my mom was born here in America, so, like, I had, like, both the, you know, the life of, you know, dealing with being, you know, Haitian, but also feeling like I'm, like, black in a sense, like, a black American in a sense, um, grew up basically, my mom was a single mother of four kids, I was a third, um, uh, shout out to my siblings, anyway, um, and I feel like I just had to deal with so much intersections of, a lot of this oppression, um, dealing with, you know, being uh, in a low-income family, moving along, uh, moving around so much in my lifetime. Um, so I became an organizer because I just feel like that's what we need in the world. And I'm just basically fighting for the things that I didn't have so someone else can have. So I'm pretty, like, excited. I have, like, a nephew who's recently born in March. So, like, you know, auntie out here. So I'm just, like, fighting for, like, creating a world that I want him to live in. So, like, literally that's, like, what's driving me, like, every day. But I guess that's basically it. <laughs> yeah. There is so much more. Literally, there's so much more. Um, I want to honor the fact that um, y'all always need to be compensated for your emotional labor. So can you just tell me your... Um, I just want that to be a priority right now. So can you just tell me maybe a Venmo each? Yeah. Um, key the Kid. K-I-T-H-E yep. Kid. Yep. Is it... Key dash the kid. Just key the kid, like. Oh no dashes. Together. Oh no dashes. Okay. Yeah, you know that and kid. what is yours, Kareen? It's Kareen Jennifer K A R I N E mm -hmm. J E N N I F E R. Okay, great. So pay up, everyone. Pay up. <laughs> These are the Venmos. I'm gonna pin this. Um, thank you for everyone for bearing with all the technology moments. We're we're a work in progress, but. Um, if you want to support uh, Kareen and Kiara, they're both incredible organizers who I just like can't say enough about and how much I've learned from both of them. Um, thank you for those introductions. Those are powerful. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, those were serious. Those were like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Um, the first question that we have on the deck of cards, are you okay if I ask it? Oh, yeah. Boy. Is it okay that I'm looking into the camera? Yeah, you're looking, looking back. Like, 
Yeah. I think he just loves he, me. Y'all get to be blessed with Kareem looking directly <laughs> at you today. Oh my I'm a Leo, y'all. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm looking at you. I'm Are not you looking at myself. I'm a Scorpio. You're a Scorpio. Yeah. Oh my god. Big energy here today. <laughs> oh that's my a, god. That's <laughs> not the process. I'm like, but don't you have like a Leo somewhere in your? I, I feel like I, you told me you did. I don't remember. I know, like I. It's good. My rising is. Gemini, and then my moon is Cancer. I don't know where Leo is. That's a look. Maybe but. it's just from like your Instagram profile picture with the lion that I constantly oh, I just, I love, associate you. Everyone does that too, but I just love lions. You know, I, mm-hmm. I aspire to be one, even though I know I'm not. I'm like an elephant, but I like I. Oh my god! Can I, with can I tell you a secret about lions really quick that I just like have never said publicly, but yeah. today I am. Okay, so I literally like one of my first crushes ever in my whole life was Scar from The Lion King. What? Yeah, my my crush was like Kovu from like Lion King 2. <laughs> what? Yeah, like, like my name is from Lion King you 2. You have a crush y'all, on so. an anthropomorphic? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Max, Max, Goofy's son. I ain't gonna lie, he's trying to fuck. Y'all are really wild. Yeah. Yeah. So As a kid, I was like, I'll watch you all the time. Oh my well, god. I respect that. I res- at least I don't. I was like, like, like you know? Scar was kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah, like, I'm kind of digging this edge. Right? I was. I mean. Really nothing? No, no like- I'm trying to think, honestly, I'm not even thinking that I had a crush on Ursula from The Little Mermaid, but there was something mm. that drew me to her. Oh, she a bad bitch, bro. You know? Yes. Large and in charge. Yes. Funky, you know? Yes. Yeah. I feel like she would very much dominate in a bedroom, you know? She would. <laughs> yeah, she has eight tentacles. Oh, gosh. You know what I mean? You wow. not, you're not leaving. You're not leaving. You're not leaving. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> Cause don't they like also have like insane mouths? Like Octopi are like incredibly brilliant. Oh my. Do you know about that? No. Yes. Anyways, addiction. Um <laughs> so yeah. Okay, can we talk about it? Yeah. Of course. Of course. Thank okay. Do you wanna pull the first card? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I pull any yeah. of these. I mean they're kind of in an order. They're kind of in a healing order, but if you don't want to do that order, we can say screw it. Let's do this. Okay. Um, what is or are your experiences with addiction? I guess I can go first. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really good question. And ever since I was Thanks. watching um, this show, Marina, I really thought about like addictions in the sense of like even beyond substance abuse and um, drug abuse and just like or alcohol abuse and I really thought I'm like wow I'm actually addicted of not putting myself first like I am addicted to putting other people first and always putting their needs first and like to a point like I even if I know like I should I should do something like for me I always like just like ah and put someone else first and I realized how like that that is beautiful you know being compassionate and considerate but how like harmful that is to me and like myself mm-hmm. and like you know, at what cost, you know, am I, you know, limiting and uh, undermining my needs and my wants. Mm. Um, and I just had to realize this on, like, all, like, aspects of my life. Or, like, what am I doing, you know, to really put Kiara first, you know? Because I always, whatever I do, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to think of this person, I'm think of this person. And even sometimes when they don't deserve that, you know, mm. I'm always still putting them up first. And to me, that's an addiction because I'm always doing it. Even when I know, like, the harmful, like, consequences that come to me at the end of the day. Um, so, like, when I think of addictions, I literally just think, I'm like, wow, I'm really addicted to that. So, that made me really think, like, I, I was, like, every time I watch like, an episode, I literally reflect afterwards, like, wow. Oh, wow. Like, I need to, like, 
really, you know, put more thought into like what am I doing, um, and how can I honor Kiara? So, yeah. mm. I love Kiara. <laughs> yo, yo, yeah. don't start right. Is this the start? I'm so, I can't do this. <laughs> No, but seriously, I think that's something that's so hard to reconcile because it's one thing to say you'll put yourself first, but it's another to actively practice it, even if it means other people have feeling like their needs aren't being met, you know, because people can sometimes take self-care as you being selfish. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I'm so proud of you. You deserve the world. So I'm yeah. happy that that you're prioritizing yourself. I feel you, like you. for myself, when it comes to addiction, my experiences with addiction, I think similar with Kiara, I think that I really opened up my definition of addiction to be just unhealthy attachments to things. And I realized that I grew, grew up a lot around people who had unhealthy attachments to things, whether it be substances or relationships that weren't good for them. And because it doesn't look like the archetype of what an addict looks like, they don't think to label it as addiction. But you know, when people are um, addicted to something, it doesn't just hurt them, it hurts all of the people around them. So I feel like growing up around the, those types of people just in my family and seeing how it hurt them hurt me as well. Um, and then I was actually in a two year long relationship over a year ago with someone who had like a very serious substance abuse issue um, that they hid for a very long time, mainly out of shame. But because of that, I think it's really shaped how I like navigate other relationships um, and how I like step into spaces when I know that oh addiction is something that isn't really considered a lot but it should be you know when you're in social situations when you're around mm -hmm. friends I don't know it was just never something I was as conscious of until I was in a relationship with someone who was struggling with that mm. Mm. wow what you both just said reminded me I was in a meeting this morning and someone I think shared a I think uh, this is attributed to Brene Brown but the um, this idea that like guilt is I did a bad thing and shame is I am a bad thing and that kind of like difference in it is huge is huge you know this idea that you are a problem versus like having a problem I don't even know if I like the word problem but just like parsing out that difference mm. I think um, actually inhibits a lot of people from saying like hey I could really use some help right now that is so true I literally uh, that gave me goosebumps because I think so often because people don't even give options for help for people who struggle with different addictions you genuinely internalize it and you think that if I was just strong enough or if I was better enough or if I was just a good person this wouldn't be an issue you know mm -hmm. but it's only because everybody's hiding their dirty laundry if we're being real you know yeah, yeah. like everybody's struggling with stuff mm -hmm. that they just push under the rug so that company can come and then afterwards you're left to deal with it by yourself because we're not honest about the things we're going through you know mm -hmm. yeah. I, yeah I mean honestly like growing up like with a single mother like I was always taught to like not even ask for help like oh my from gosh. nobody so like even when I'm struggling and I like I really need help I literally just keep my mouth shut and just like you know try to do it myself and that's very harmful to me I'm just like but asking for help is such a big thing that I think a lot of people are struggling with I mean if it's not the freaking structure of society it's like what we have to deal with with our parents and just like feeling shameful that like you know you need 
guidance or help or something that you feel like you should have handled yourself mm-hmm. and it's just like that's a lot to bear <laughs> like I'm so sorry I'm still learning to like deal with that now you know to like take away that shame it's like you asking for help is literally a human thing it's natural and helping each other should be something that should be like like celebrated because that's what we should do you know yes. like, it's just ridiculous mm-hmm. it's ridiculous yeah I think also just like being like femme you know people um yeah, I don't know, toxic masculinity and kind of just, like, masculinity. Obviously, like, gender's racialized, right? But the ways that I see kind of um, help, healing, treatment, mental health, addiction manifesting for, like, femme folks as it differently than it does for, like, mask people, it's just, it's intense. It's like, I don't know, it's like I'm allowed to have feelings to a certain point and then, like, probably shouldn't ask for help because you don't want to look weak, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. especially as an older sibling. I don't know. That older sibling vibe, it's like, take care of your young, like, Yo. yeah. Yeah, it's care for <laughs> like the you take care before you care for yourself, mm-hmm. truthfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would definitely resonate I with resonate. that. And I think that, like, just with, like, the femme aspect, I think because of that, it's easier to diminish your feelings, at least for myself. I think a lot of the times I had a lot of pressure put on me for being the oldest, like, daughter, but also chastised a lot for being emotional like saying that because I was a girl I was just more prone to hysteria basically Mm. and it's like no my feelings and my emotions are valid even if I have ovaries are you kidding me like I don't know yeah yeah I hear that I resonate that a lot do you feel like and I'm kind of just asking this from my experience I like really buried a lot of pain pretty far down and like just told everyone, like, I'm okay, I'm fine. Let's talk about your problems, you know what I mean? I was like, I'll listen to you. Like, any, basically anything to avoid actually unearthing what was what was painful for me. Are you reading me right now? <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm like, oh, are you reading me? Yeah, I, I, I wasn't, this ain't a library. Like, what the heck? I, you know, I literally was feeling that, oh I was literally feeling that last night. <laughs> what? No, I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna say my problems and like literally like okay, like here's Kiara like being vulnerable right now. Like I literally was like in tears last night and I was just like, Oh shoot, like I need to stop doing this to myself, you know? But I I resonate that a lot because it's just like that's another me putting other people first. Mm-hmm. Like, here you go, like I'm gonna listen to you and I'm gonna make sure I send to you and then like I'm just like sitting here like surprise, surprise, you know, like even though like I know like I need to be heard too, you mm-hmm. know? And that's the thing. Like, I feel like I'm always just, like, uplifting everyone's voice and make sure they're being listened to because I feel like that's what I want in return, but then I'm not getting that. Mm-hmm. So... When you give double and get none back. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so real. That's so real. I don't know. I, I just think about that a lot because when I got sober, I realized um, all the emotions that I had been, like, numbing. Like, I didn't really feel much in active addiction I felt like generally miserable but that was kind of like all it was it was just overcast all the time mm-hmm. and then I got sober and it's like wait I'm on a roller coaster right now I'm crying I'm like manic I'm like all of these things all over the place and now it's kind of like leveled out I'm like almost a year sober so it's kind of like leveled out but all these emotions that I didn't realize that I was feeling pain grief you know elation um just came up and so I don't know I feel like that's not a an experience specific to addiction, but more an experience specific to healing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I resonate with that. I resonate with that too. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I was like, 
<laughs> oh my god. So because you have experiences with interpersonal relationships with addiction, mm-hmm. and because you just like very clearly articulated kind of like what you see as an addiction. Oh yeah. <laughs> how do you like how do you navigate those? How do you I don't want to say manage, but like how do you kind of move through the world? You're aware of these things, right? And when we're aware of things, we can choose to change them or not maybe if we can. How do you like yeah, how do you navigate it? Wow, that's a really good question, Marina. Sorry. Oh. Um, how do I navigate that? Honestly, like, I feel like I'm still learning, but I, there are things that I, I do that I have to just put myself first at. Um, but honestly, I think this is something I've just been struggling since I was like younger, especially with having siblings. Like, it's always like, you know, if one person, if not everyone can have it, that one person can't have it. So, like, I was always thinking about the collective and everything that I did. Um, and literally, even when I was, like, you know, my last year in high school, I was literally taking care of my little sister and things like that. It was just, like, being that, you know, I guess parent. And so, like, I literally, it's, like, a habit. It's literally embedded me that I'm still trying to, like, attack. I'm still trying to break down to this day. So, like, right, like... I, there was times I had like little boundaries, but all like things that you need to do is just like how I remind you to just have these like if it's not like really big of self care because everyone thinks self care is like bubble bath, um, but so but you know like that like it's not really true it's just self care I'm like you don't have to like it's not always bubble bath sometimes you just like you know being by yourself or just like listening to music or just like watching Disney movies because it makes you like like lift up your inner child so like. When I take care of myself, I literally get reminded, I'm just like, okay, like, this is why you're doing it. And I literally read a book today, uh, The Four Agreements, you know, Alexander put me on, shout out Alexander. Um, <laughs> and I read it, so like, uh, if, like, if you, I just realized I need to have, I, I had an epiphany where we all are gods. Like, that's how we should really uh, look at each other, we're gods. And so it says, like, I love you, God. And I realized I wanted to walk to you, I'm like, if I vision like myself and my body as like a god i'm more inclined to take care of it. i'm more inclined to put myself Whoa. first because i'm gonna praise you i'm i'm gonna give you everything that you need to like survive so like mm-hmm. that was my epiphany today and that's why i came to the show i was like you know what like wow i just literally had an epiphany and then like and and that's like where today? i was yeah literally i was walking i was just like i am a god i'm gonna praise my body as a god like you know yes. like she deserves to like put wow. like a shrine and give him like everything that she mm-hmm. needs so like that's what now i'm walking towards uh, like with just that kind of mindset of like mm-hmm. you know what like put yourself first you know like it's not bad if anything like i put put myself through so much and now it's starting to be more like detrimental and damaging to me i'm just like okay um this is not where she needs to go so you know i'm redirecting you know i'm taking care of that so oh oh my gosh oh my y'all. God. <laughs> yo this is so cute y'all i love it like i ain't gonna lie like <laughs> I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm oh, just like basking wow. in it. Yeah. I just, I don't know why I came here. There's so rates like, here's the, here's the tea, I'm gonna spill it. Um, yes. Because the people need to hear the people it. Need to hear this. <laughs> you know how many people are gonna be impacted by what you're both saying? By what we're all doing? So much. How do you, how do you manage, how do you manage, I manage. guess? How do you navigate? Like you said, you were in, you know, a relationship with someone who, I don't know, I only know like specific versions and like parts of you like I I, I, I feel very I feel very connected to you I feel very connected to both of you in like a really amazing way but I only know like this much there's so much more to know very true I feel like 
um, how do I manage and having interpersonal relationships with people. Um, I think that the biggest thing for me was that I had to recognize that um, supporting the loved ones in my life who struggle with sobriety or who struggle with addiction actively doesn't mean that I don't have the right to hold them accountable, especially for the harm that they cause me. Because I feel like so often in the past, because I was just so conscious of how much they were going through it, it allowed me to put my feelings and the harm I was actively experiencing in the backseat because I was like, well, they, I know they don't mean it. I know this is out of their control. And I think there's a way for you to gently but kindly affirm boundaries in order to protect yourself while not passing judgment on people for how they're struggling through the things they're struggling with. And um, I think that was like the biggest thing I learned through like my past relationship with someone who's struggling with addiction because uh, for a while I remained in contact with per this person because I knew that they heavily relied on me they were heavily supported by me in like their sobriety journey but at a certain point I had to recognize how much harm it was doing onto me and ask myself is that fair to myself and is me mm. putting up this boundary going to like uh, cause more harm than good but something that our good friend Alexandra also once said <laughs> um, is that uh, boundaries need to be looked at as personal permissions, not as a punishment for someone else. Like when I put up a boundary for myself, that is me giving myself permission to have the space. You know, it's me giving myself the permission to have peace of mind. And that in and of itself isn't selfish because mm. I want that for you too. You know, I want that for my loved ones and the people who are struggling and the people who are doing good. We all deserve peace of mind. Mind. So um, I think, yeah, giving myself that grace, kind of like prioritizing yourself a little bit more mm -hmm. was important for me in that situation. And um, in terms of how I managed it, it was really hard. <laughs> it was really hard to know that someone's struggling and to know that they really want to um, get better. But it's hard to get better because drugs are fun, to be honest. And especially Dude. when you've been doing it for such a young age it's yeah. very alluring to be drawn back into it so and also me coming from a very sheltered isolated childhood not knowing anything about substance abuse not knowing anything about drug use in general because i'd never been exposed to something like that seeing someone struggle through it so much and not really having the education or resources to help them how i wanted to it um was really scary because i was also scared of the police so if in any moment an emergency happened i wasn't i was always kind of in a standstill in terms of like what my options were because to be honest we don't have any mm -hmm. yeah. yeah wow it's it's so like intense to listen to people talk about being in relationships with addicts because really? like i hear you describing me really you know and then I also identify with what you're saying, having been in relationships with addicts, but it's really intense to just hear you say something like, just to watch someone like struggle and they can't stop. And I'm just like, that's me. Yeah, and they're in pain and they know what's causing the pain and like they beat themselves up for it all the time, which makes me like want to reaffirm them that much mm. more but it's it becomes a cycle at mm -hmm. a certain point mm -hmm. yeah and like what you said about um holding people accountable 
you know, I think about all the people that I've fucked over, you know, not like in big, serious, like massive ways, but in certainly like petty and inconsiderate and disrespectful ways. I've, I've just like not cared about people because all I could care about was like doing a line. Like all I could care about was like manipulating a situation to get it to go the way that I want to. And it's very, it's just like very humbling to hear people talk about, to hear you like talk about your experience with someone who's like me. You know, because I would never want to cause you harm. And I, it makes me reflect on, like, the people who I have harmed and, like, that I can't undo that, right? Yeah. But also, to in kind of line with what you're saying, to forgive myself, you mm -hmm. know? And to allow myself to heal and to know that I'm not this one version of Marina that I was when I was 17, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm not always going to be like that. Mm -hmm. mm. I mean, that's the one part of, like, healing that I feel like everyone struggles with. It's just, like letting go of that past self because like that that was you you know that was the even though that was like a bad time that made you who you are today to be stronger to be like really like you know what like now i know how i want to uh, like navigate through life now it's just like forgiving like your past self because like mistakes are gonna happen like life mm -hmm. did not come with freaking instructions like you know you get to decide like, you have the agency every day to wake up and start over you know and literally that's something I always remind myself of like you, I can just get up and just start over like let go of that shit that just was like weighing me down it's like that happened mm -hmm. but this is now mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. I really like that when I think of ourselves your past self your future self and even your current self are all equally whole like this idea of you like doing the work to transform into a whole being to me doesn't translate because I feel like the things that you access in order to feel like um just like a higher version of yourself are things you always have within you mm -hmm. like telling yourself that you have to work and like put up like a prism oh yeah. um but do this whole ritual or tradition in order to find yourself is not I don't think I don't I think it's not giving yourself enough credit mm -hmm. to be honest um so I really like this idea that you are completely whole and you can recognize your past self as being um a version of you even if that's not the current you you know I've opened my computer because <laughs> this is like so synchronous right now <laughs> yeah, in this meeting that I was in this morning this person said and I wrote it down let me fall if I must the one I will become will catch me Yes! Oh my gosh! I literally was like, oh, okay, yo, yeah, this is like so weird because like I feel like every time like there's a week in my life where there's like a message that I'm literally like getting and it's just like it circulates. Like I literally realized like my younger self, or, like my past self, the person in my head who was like keep pushing me on was my future self. You know, like I always think like, yo, Whoa. like that's literally my future yes. self telling me like you got this. Like keep going. Like. You know, you're going to become, like, what you want to become. You have control, you know. And when I look at my past self, I'm like, damn, like, I would not recognize her. But I'm so, like, she is part of me. And, like, that is part of who I am. But there's more to who I am to come, you mm -hmm. know. And so, like, literally, if you have that voice in your head, like, you got this. Like, that's your future self telling you, like, girl, keep going. Because, like, I'm, like, you're coming, you know. So, I I resonate that a lot. Like, mm -hmm. oh, that was so Okay, y'all. <laughs> this is like, I'm about to go home with journaling. I, I hope y'all are taking notes for us. I don't even, like, know how to transition from question to question because I feel like it doesn't make sense like, <laughs> really? to do that. Gosh, okay, no, 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 because I it's like just like, questions. okay, okay, okay. It's just like, this is just like, <sighs> this is just so.
so good. Competition is great. It, it is. is great. Okay, so this, yeah. The next question, it has bottom in parentheses for all our bottoms out there. Have a cry. Um, <laughs> from, from three tops, love for all our bottoms. Um, what, so in these, in these moments, in this relationship, in this relationship with yourself, we're talking about boundaries. Was there ever a moment in there that you can remember being like, like, I'm done. Like, this is not working. Like, something needs to change. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead, Karina. I went first last time. Oh, you're so sweet. Mine is going to be short and sweet, though. Uh, because, like, <laughs> let me tell you, when I know I'm over it, I'm over it. And I think that something I recognize with all the relationships in my mm -hmm. life is I don't want them to be transactional, as in every single relationship needs to be equated into what I give and get out of them. But I do want to feel like all of my relationships are helping to serve me in being the best person I can be. Mm. And I realized with this past person that I was not my best self when I was with them. And I wasn't really um, actualizing my potential because I was allowing myself to kind of get really caught up in a lot of like the hurting that they were going through as well. So I think just like recognizing, oh, Kareen, you are baddie, but this is not baddie like energy that you are emanating in the morning anymore. Like you're just not your best self. Um, made me recognize that it was time. It was time to go. Mm, mm. I'm happy for you, boo. I'm happy for you. you are a baddie, and you deserve yes, it all. Yes, exactly. Look, I mean, look at that ring. There's a ring on y'all. Says baddie. Show I'm like, it. That's Kareem. It. It's, it's so, so good. Okay. Hello. Yes. <laughs> Yo, okay. wear reminders. That's literally what you should do. Wear reminders. Um, mm. I like for me, it was like in a sense of like with my family. Um, I'm just going to say family, so I don't really like call up certain individuals. But know that certain people were like very toxic, and since that, like I, I had to realize like okay, it like I know you're my family, but like a toxic person is a toxic person, and I need to really. In order for me to grow and, and realize like what's best for me, I had to separate myself from you. And that was like super hard. Like I'm mm. still struggling to this day of like maneuvering that relationship with my family, um, family members, but like it was just like it was just a lot to be like, Wow, I don't feel happy. Like literally like my my mood I would literally wake up mad at the world, you know, and just like that's not how I don't know, start the day in gratitude, I wanna start the day in like in love and just to feel like so much weight on me and that weight wasn't mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't have anything to do with that weight you mm -hmm. know and so now I have to realize like who's causing this like to me like even if it's like it may not be like like direct harm but it's just always just that harm of being in that energy in that space in that environment and I just had to realize like well this is enough you know and and if that means like really separating myself and really putting Kiara first and that's what I had to do but I think that's something like we all struggle with, well not we all, but most of us struggle with that's that toxic relationships with your family members and just realizing how can you maneuver through that and I still am. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that was like before I came to college, you know, it was just like, okay. And then like during college, like having those experiences still with them, returning home and like me growing, but them not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then showing up and being like, whoa, y'all are yeah. like so stunted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. I've done all of this growth and like you're still here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's so <laughs> and it's so sad because you really want like yeah. now you're in a better space where you can like help like 
also help them because you now know like okay i'm not gonna judge you for like the things you've done because yeah. sometimes like totally. i understand that totally. you come with a place of compassion but even then it still hits you with that you know two piece and you're like oh shit i can't do this right now <laughs> you know because like you still gotta protect yourself at the end of the day um and it's just like you know like oh you think you're changed because you went to college i'm like um kind of but not really <laughs> like i just now just like in a better space and i yeah. want to help you too and i want to give you that same like you know that like forgiveness but it's definitely so hard to maneuver through that is so true and i feel like yeah. especially with like family it touches on this idea that you shouldn't let like the history of a relationship dictate how you move forward in your future because you can get so attached to just the fact that they've been a part of your life for so long and time time is always that thing mm -hmm. that l makes people like stay in things mm -hmm. situations that don't serve them longer than they should because you feel like you've invested this but you're like you have a whole life left over so if you're hurting now imagine continuing to allow that hurt to perpetuate for the rest of your life and it's like yes i know i've known this person my whole life but your girl's only 20 i, I got exactly. a couple, a couple exactly. other 20s ahead exactly. of me so yeah you have to really recognize oh that gosh. yes that that time aspect is so dangerous mm -hmm. we all be like but you know three years like ooh, three years honey like you got three more years to go yeah. it's be beautiful yeah. you know so like yeah time is very dangerous mm -hmm. and like i like growing up like I've seen relationships that are just very toxic, but because, like, oh, we've been here together for, like, 15 years, and, like, yeah, and I've seen those 15 years. They're not, like, you know, like, you had to, like, if, mm -hmm. shoot, like, a year is still a lot. Shoot, a, a day is a lot, you know? So, you gotta, like, really just take away that time aspect, but mm -hmm. I resonate with that from you. Oh, my God. Yeah. I really identify with the once you start healing and your family maybe isn't healing or once you start growing and your family isn't expanding that tension there is almost like irreconcilable mm -hmm. you're like like how did I like come from y'all or something or whatever <laughs> whoever raised you right whoever however you grew up right yeah. it's just like so it, it feels like the biggest chasm in between me and and then like a parent or me and another family member, I'm like, how are we even at the same table right now? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and then like choosing to be like, actually, I'm like not gonna go to this holiday gathering. Like actually, I like no is a complete sentence. Damn. Like I don't have to show up and see someone who's harmed me and my family if I don't want to. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to consent to that. And that's not to say that my family is like living in a shit show. That's not at all what I mean. But in any relationship, like you, right. I, I the boundary that I can set for myself is that yes, I want to see this person who's harmed me, or no, or yes, I want to see this person and go into it being like, okay, they're gonna see like a straight girl with tattoos who's like not dating this person, you know, and like that's the version that part of my family sees of me. Like they're not gonna see my like queer like tatted like best like non-binary self mm -hmm. and am i okay with that and if not don't go you know mm -hmm. what i mean mm -hmm. just like really sitting with that mm -hmm. i don't know if that made sense no it made perfect sense it made perfect sense okay. i just love holidays <laughs> like i you know what i i like a poor I was, I was like you know what i'll go to miami have my own holiday with my boo ever and it's like <laughs> And that's, that's what's going to, like, make me have a good holiday. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't want to look back and be like, I went through that. You know what I mean? I, I'm like, yo, I can control my situation. And, like, yeah, it's going to hurt them. But it's like, once again, that boundary is not meant for them. It's meant for you. So. Yes. Like, I feel like before I was 
able to confront um, a lot of the issues that I had with like my personal relationships, I would at least set up the space ahead of time. Like for example, I know I have holidays with my parents or my family coming up. I would do pre-holidays, you know, with my girls. <laughs> enter into something that's not really I don't know sometimes I feel like when I'm with people who haven't experienced the same level of growth as I am I have I feel the need to perform a lot more just mm -hmm. to exist in the space so it's nice to know that I have spaces where it doesn't have to be like that like it can just be exist without that pressure or expectation added on me mm -hmm. to be like a daughter or to perform a role yeah. I just want to ask that real quick it's like you said like you had to perform more and I feel like also like I resonate with that where I had to perform less where I had to go back into like my past self and it didn't feel right within me it's just like mm -hmm. running me off the wrong way I'm like oh I'm entering like the past Kiki that I was not I did not like and I'm leaving that space I'm just like oh I had to go through that, you know? So, like, either you have to overperform or you have to underperform where you have to, like, re-enter something that you kind of already left behind, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I, I, when you said that, I was like, dang. Mm. And generally that that performance is, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, was that Siri? Was that my Siri? I think they were just eavesdropping. Oh, my gosh. My Siri was like, performance. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. So, <laughs> unbelievably, we're, like... I think we actually only have time for one more question, so mm -hmm. maybe y'all could just come on for a part two. Oh, oh my god! Part two! Part two, y'all! Okay! Okay! Okay, okay great. People. Yes, I love it. Yes! Yes, yes. I, okay, I really love this. I'm like, oh my god, I would really like be like... Okay, okay so <laughs> we're gonna have a part two, but I do really want to honor because this is the first episode in Pride Month, and we're talking about boundaries, we're talking about growth, we're talking about healing, we're talking about identity, we're talking about space. One of the biggest things that I want to shout from the top of the world is mm -hmm. that queerness is is like so important. And if your queerness doesn't include abolition, if your queerness doesn't include acknowledging the systems of harm that cause people every day and limit their abilities to function and live and thrive, then it's not fucking queer. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. So I have learned that and have relearned that through you and through organizing next to you. And so our final question I just want to ask is, what does being queer look like, sound like, feel like? What does it mean to you? You know, I'm so honored to have both of you as queer black femmes on this show. Seriously. Like, I'm going to cry about it after I'm just... Like, so, <laughs> I know, I'm really like... We all don't cry about it. No, we are. Sorry. But what does being queer mean to you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh. Am I? Are you going first, Corrine? You can go first. Okay. Wait, am I going first? I don't know. Are you? I don't know who went last, first I last think time. I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. This question, like, when I saw it, I was just like, dang, this is a question I, like, still sit with. I still with a lot of things, obviously. Um, but I mean, when I was, I was growing up, like, I still, I still struggle with being, like, feminine like I I feel like I always struggled with like the idea of me being like like feminine enough because like I'm very tall y'all like I got the broad shoulders I got like big feet so I'm like yo I feel so like masculine so like I always struggle with being feminine and then when I realized like oh I'm I'm queer I'm just like I struggle with that too because I'm just like now I have to like figure out not only like you know how I like present myself to this world but also like my sexuality and like how like 
and they both are intertwined in some sense and I I I remember just like I mean I I, I always you know I have my eyes on people and stuff like that <laughs> you know like you know I'm just like <laughs> and then I'm just like you know okay and I always like struggle with what queer look like you know and just knew like I came off yeah. so masculine I was just like well like this is not the queer that I want to look like like you know I'm mean? like where I just like oh I'm just like you know here and stuff like that where people think I'm just I was just, I was called things and said things. I was just like, that's not me, you know? And I always struggle, like, I want to, like, this is how I want to present myself to the world, but I feel like I couldn't control that of how I look like, you know? Um, and I feel like that's something that we all, like, like, something that people struggle with, especially with Koreans, just like, this is what you want to be look like, but people, like, look at you this way already mm-hmm. because, you know, that's how you, that's how you look, but that's not who I am, you know? So I always just struggle with being, like, feminine, and then when I realized I was queer, I was just like, I don't know what queer like looks like. Like I can't be like, you know, especially like I feel like in Gainesville there's a lot of like white queer spaces and there's not enough black queer spaces. So then I'm just like, I'm struggling to like fit in space. So I'm like, well, obviously I'm struggling to fit in space because I mean, I may not like belong in this space or I may not like. It not, might be safe for you. Exactly. I'm just like, so I always like. Even like struggling my queerness, I'm like, oh, okay, no one's gonna know that I'm queer. I'm like, I mean, I guess that's an okay thing, but I'm just like, but is that what I want? You know, I want people to see me for who I am, but um, yeah, so queerness to me just looks like honestly being yourself. Like, I I, was, I struggled with, I already told y'all, struggling with doing my hair. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on blue braids, fuck that shit. And then, you know, like, I'm gonna pierce my ears, I'm gonna do whatever I want because, like, I feel like queer is going against the social norms that we always have to like, like feel like we have to abide by. But I'm just like letting that go and just going against your own grain and going mm-hmm. against whatever feels right to you, and um, and just like loving yourself to the point that you're walking in this world like, like I don't know, like <laughs> just like as 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 positive and confident as fucking RuPaul. Like that's how I feel. Like I'm like I'm gonna put on my heels and I'm not going to deal with like people like thinking that I'm something that I'm not and things like that. So I don't know. Queerness is just like being yourself to a full extent and people are going to have things to say, but honestly my ears are closed off to them. Like, mm. like yeah, you see me blue braids and what I, mm. I'm getting tired of being like judged as a ratchet black girl. I'm Kiara. Like, yeah. That's pretty much it. Thank you for that. Wow, I resonate a lot with what you said. I, what I was thinking, when I uh, see my sexuality, I recognize that I realized my sexuality before I realized a label for it. And I think it's because all of those labels were attached to so many different specific ideas of what um, queerness, gay, bisexuality all looks like. And it never really included black people, just in general, black people flat. Um, And even when I did see black people incorporated into it, it was just always very like, hypersexualized or just hyper um emphasized in certain characteristics that didn't really resonate with me as being like people like they were more like characters or mm-hmm. figures in pop culture they weren't human the way that they try to humanize other like queer icons within the culture and so 
I feel like I struggled so much with my sexuality because I had no one to really model it off of that looked like me or felt like me. So it made me question a lot of what I was feeling, um, especially when I was younger. But I think now I like queer because it's like the best umbrella term to describe how I feel. And, and I think it like just also resonates with me as like the feeling of liberation like queerness for me is just this opportunity for me to not be attached to sexuality and gender uh, like as a prison the way that cis cis people are and straight people are i feel like um as a queer person i recognize people as people and i recognize my abundance uh, for love and my abundance to accept love uh, and i recognize mm. that the things that have been presented to me as being identity um don't represent what identity actually is mm -hmm. you know and like i give myself the permission to step outside of that so whether that be that i am very very feminine i don't know if you meet me on the streets <laughs> uh, i might be wearing heels just to go to Publix. like that's just the kind of girl i am but at the same time i'm not attached to that as being me if that makes sense mm -hmm. and i allow myself to um, have this expression of gender and have this expression of sexuality in in ways that I didn't even think I had the ability to before and so I like queer to like describe me because I, I do say I'm queer because it's like the best thing but I just like gay bisexual all of it applies you know what I mean mm -hmm. it's all about just this idea of being not even just counterculture but like willing and able to accept others for who they are and how they are so, yeah. Yes. I feel like Alexandra's been like in this space coming up a lot, but this quote that Alexandra said last summer uh, at, I think it was the queer march that we did downtown. Um, Alexandra was like mentioning this poet named Brandon Went, who the full quote, I don't remember, but the last line of it is queer like limitlessness. And that is something I'm hearing from both of you so strongly. Like, like the, the permission that you're giving yourself to be limitless, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like, you know? Of course. Even though people will view it in terms of their limits. From behind their own limits, they'll see your queerness and misrecognize it, and still doing it, and still being it, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's like... That's it. Yeah, yes. that's it. There's nothing yes. else to say. Yes. <laughs> you oh said gosh. it all. <laughs> Living with that limits, and especially to yourself. Like, we, it's fine. Like, we, we struggle putting boundaries between people, but we always put boundaries in ourselves of, like, what we can or cannot do. Mm -hmm. And just, like, I don't, like, obviously we do that because there's, like, so much norms and, like, judgment from society. But, like, once again, at what cost to your, your identity are you willing to sacrifice to make someone else feel comfortable like you know like i'm just like you know no <laughs> exactly and that's why people steal from queer people all the time exactly exactly <laughs> you know like we create the culture like you know and I, like watching like shows like i watch pose and just like wow like so much like oppression and like oppression suppression and just like adversities like people have to deal with and yet like you only steal like the 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 the, the good parts. Like, I'm gonna mm -hmm. take this, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be black, but I'll take your culture, you know. It's just like, and the same thing with queerness, and especially like, black queerness. You just like, okay, you're gonna take my culture, but you don't recognize me. And it's just like, and what you said, Karen, about like not having someone to like relate to and things like that. I feel that so much. Like 
knowing that you're queer, but they didn't really like know how to identify it because queer look like a certain thing, and you're just like, I guess I'm not that, you know? Like exactly. And to be fair, even when we do see queer people on TV or we see queer relationships being like represented, it's not in a dignified way, a respectable way, an accurate way. It's always very hypersexualized or for the male gaze. It's not even really done, produced, directed, funded by queer people. So in every single sense that we see it represented in many ways it is still exploitative you know mm -hmm. what i mean mm -hmm. so it's all i feel like all of that is to be considered but yeah queerness is limitless it no is. boundaries it is and especially this pride month which is also i believe um indigenous heritage month and indigenous history month just like to name that there are a bunch of anti-trans bills and when we say queer we are including and uplifting trans folks at the forefront we just need to like acknowledge and know that sure we're talking about queerness in this in this conversation from like the safety of a space but queerness is life and death right like there are many things here that we've talked about that are matters and subjects of life and death and so there is like a gravity to this that i just always want to make sure that we're aware of right um and thank you so much for being on the show for your first episode yeah. <laughs> if y'all have been wondering what is at the bottom of your screen where it says at key the kit and at kareen jennifer those are kareen and kiara's venmos please please support them they are organizers they are artists they are incredible uh chefs as i am about to witness after we end this episode um and we want to support them so uh, if you have money, if you have funds, please send them over to these incredible guests and um, I'll let you know when uh, we'll have our second episode with them. Oh, thank yes. you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for thank like creating so much. Wow. Oh, I love you both so much. Oh, I love you both. Wait, hold on. I'm caught. I'm caught in you. I know. It literally means my fears are gone. Hey, this is Marina, the host and creator of Sober Baby. Hang out until after the credits for cringy and cute selections from behind the scenes. To listen to all of our episodes, watch the live show each week, and to support Sober Baby, head to our link tree, l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e backslash Sober Baby. Thank you to all of our patrons for helping make this show possible. My college cutie Miranda DeMaze Nordling for music direction, curation, and licensing through Now Again Records. Queen of Crochet, Jenny Alpa for audio engineering, my partner Danny Vargas for the endless support and love, and all of the sober babies out there because without you, this doesn't happen. Always bringing me to tears. Yo, I can't wait to twerk my ass off. Oh, I can't wait either. It's been too long. We love you, everyone. Hi, bye. 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 Okay.